My name is Matt Miller, the campus pastor of New City Church Shawnee, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give financially to New City. Your giving makes this podcast possible. Now, I hope today's message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. If it does, I want to encourage you to click and subscribe to our podcast, share it on social media, maybe even send it to a friend in need. Man, enjoy today's message. Well, good morning again. Oh, you can see me again. Yay, isn't so very excited. Uh, we are diving into this series, um, continuing this series, Living Life Backwards. And this is chapter 7 in the book. And so, my imaginary book, um, if you have the book, um, awesome. If you don't have the book, I encourage you to go find it on Amazon, like 12 bucks. Um, a really good book. And again, you can follow along. And what this whole, what this whole idea of Living Life Backwards is, is talking about the certainty of death. And how the Song of Solomon, how, he, how Song of Solomon brings in wisdom um, with this idea that we're all going to face death. And again, not a very fun way to start the message off is that we're all going to die. And so there is, though, the reality of it that we're all going to face death. But I want you to remember that as we see that we will all certainly die, but we also um, have life here. And I'm going to be uh, preaching out of Ecclesiastes 9. And so if you want to turn to Ecclesiastes 9, you can go ahead and go to that, because I'm going to as well. And with Ecclesiastes 9, and all of Ecclesiastes really, and Proverbs, when, when Song of Solomon is talking about um, wisdom, we need to understand something. Wisdom is not wisdom if you do not apply it. With wisdom, you have to use it. You have to act it out. It's not just wisdom if you go, you know what, I know what's right. I know this is the smart thing to do, but I'm not going to do it. That's not wise. And this is what Song of Solomon, through this whole book, uh, through his whole writing, is getting us to see, is that, hey, here is reality. That we're all going to live and we're all going to die. But the reality also is that we have purpose in God. We have purpose for the Lord. I understand that, again, no one enjoys talking about death because it's hard. And sometimes, death doesn't matter if you've lost somebody close or know someone who has. I know all of us have been impacted by death in our life. It happens. It's a part of our life, and it's not fun, and we have to face it. And I, and I think I want to hit that right off the bat because I understand. I may not know necessarily what you're feeling in a moment, but I can sympathize with you to know that, hey, it hurts. That I may have not known that person, but I know how it is. And I know what it feels like to lose somebody close. I think we all do. I think we all understand that death sucks. That it is not fun. We're all impacted by death in this life. And in those times, maybe right now, maybe today you're asking God, why? Why, God? Why do you let this happen? And which, again, I'm sure we've all asked that before. I'm sure we've all asked, why God, in a season in our life? Or maybe, again, right now you're asking, why God? Why is this happening? Today I want us to remember that life is precious. And to see our lives are in God's hands. To sum up today's message, it would be, and for us to see that the goal of today's message is, living life well is enjoying God himself in this life we are given. Living life well is enjoying God himself, and this life we have been given. Those are the two main things that we've balanced with. And again, 
Easier said than done. What does this even enjoying God mean? How do we do that? What does it mean when it says taste and Chick-fil-A, but is that really what the Lord means by taste and see what the Lord is good? Allow yourself to see that today, that life we have must be cherished and enjoyed, because one day this will all end. This is all temporary. Also, that we must make the most of this life and not waste this time that the Lord has given us. The wise thing for us today is to see that death is certain, but the way we live our, li- the way we live our lives is up to us. We have an opportunity today, tomorrow, the rest of our life to make the most of it, to make the most of our life by enjoying it and investing in eternal things. Investing in things that will matter in the grand scheme of things. Again, a lot of the things that we, we hold on to today, our money, our job, our whatever, it will not be with us when we go to heaven. So follow with me in Ecclesiastes 9. I'm going to read the first two verses. Indeed, I took all this to heart and explained it to all. The righteous, the wise, and their works in, are in God's hands. People don't know whether to expect love or hate. Everything lies ahead of them. Everything is the same for everyone. This, there is one fate for the righteous and the wicked, for the good and the bad, for the clean and the unclean, for the, for the one who sacrifices and the one who does not sacrifice. As it, is, as it is for the good, so also it is for the sinner. As it is for the one who takes an oath, so also for the one who fears an oath. From the beginning, you see the posture that Solomon paints and, and what he, what he, the picture that he paints and acknowledges that God, God is not sitting there in your life going, oh my gosh, what to do now? Like God knows what is happening. God knows what's going to happen. And I think a lot of times we get in our human brain and go, man, no one knows how to fix this. But Solomon acknowledges that God's in control. God is in control of all that happens. And the work that is before us this week and our whole life, he knows ahead of time. There is a lot we don't know what will happen. Why? Because we are not God. And it's such a simple statement, but sometimes you've got to hear that you, you are not God. And from the very beginning, that's what the devil was tempting Adam and Eve with, that, hey, you can be like God. And that was never intended for us. We were never intended to carry that weight. In verse 2, as you see, he talks about this one faith, one faith. And over this whole Ecclesiastes, we see that he's referring to death. We are not able to, to escape death no matter how hard we try. We actually don't even know that we can't even control um, as we, what we think um, and, again, what we do in this life. God is in control of our time here. And I want you to listen close to this, this first point. Instead of us worrying God, why are you doing this? And why he's doing what he's doing, let's join him where he's working at now. The first step of living life well is asking, God, where are you working and show me how to join? Instead of you worried about, God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Why is this not working in my favor? Begin to ask the question, okay, God, why or where are you working and how can, how can I join you? Show me. And this is why reading your Bible, prayer, biblical community, the sin in your life that must be addressed, this helps us move closer to the Lord and to be open to hear Him. That's why we need this. That's why we need this. 
That's why we need our prayer life. That's why we need when we say, when we, when we approach God with, okay, God, here's what I have. Here's what I'm dealing with this week. And we're reading his word. And sometimes God's going to reveal something to you that you wouldn't have got if you didn't read or if you didn't sit with him. And that may be sin. That may be something that's not addressed in your life. And so you pursuing and seeking, not just this idea that, okay, God, give me a sign. The sign is you sitting with the Lord. The sign is you seeking him. The sign is you searching for what he has. And again, remember, Jesus is still on his throne, and he's asked us and Matthew to focus on his kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want us to look at James 4, 13 through 17. And this is what James says. Come now, and you, and, and you who say, Today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be, for you're like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you should say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Who are my planners in the room? Any planners in the room? There's a couple. And there's probably more. I have my moments, um, but if you're not a planner, here's why I ask. Those who are planners want things in order and want to make sure that the time is spent is efficient. Um, And there can't be any time wasted. Some in the room are like, man, I don't care what happens. Let's just enjoy this trip. There was a trip that I took to Colorado um, in October of last year. And uh, we were on there for Thursday through Saturday. And... And we get there, and man, we know what we're doing. We're going to a nice steakhouse, and we're going to go enjoy that, and we did. And then after the steakhouse, as you all know, with the group of guys, about five of us, there is no plan. We are in Colorado. We just got to find something to do. And again, I have my moments of being, I guess you would say type A or like a planner. Um, But there are moments that I'm like, you know, whatever. But I'm in Colorado. Like I took a flight to get here. And now I'm stuck in Colorado with nothing to do besides, well, hey, we ate good steak, but now we're just stuck at the, at the Airbnb just chilling, looking at each other. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? I could be doing more stuff than just chilling here with some guys on a weekend. Again, did I enjoy it? Did I get rest? Yes. But also at the same time, if I'm in Colorado, I want to go do something in Colorado. I want to go enjoy that. And there are those times that I have my moments where, you know, I want to enjoy that time. I want to have a plan. I'm not saying it's got to be itinerary-led, but... At least we know what we're doing, and we didn't. And again, as you could expect for a group of guys, that's what I should have known is, hey, that's what's going to happen. And I think naturally, I do think we are planners. All of us are. We like to know what's going on. We like to know what's ahead of us. We don't want to be surprised by life. Don't allow yourself to be so busy with life to miss what God is doing around you. Going back to that main point or that first point is that we want to align ourselves with what God is doing. We want to see what he's doing around us. And sometimes, for me, it can be ministry itself. And all the things I do. And all the things that I need to get done. That I don't even sit with the Lord. There's a confession for you all. There's me being transparent. There are days that I get up and I go, hey, I got a task like this, this, this. And I got to get them done. Or even it may be school for me. The school that the joy that it is is that sometimes I have to understand i got to leverage my time. I don't enjoy school. Um, And I have to make sure that I am using time efficiently, and sometimes that can get in the way of me not joining God in the morning and what he wants to do around me. 
Like I interact with people at school all day, every day. I interact with people in ministry all day, everything, every day. And if I was so task focused, if I was so school focused on what I need to do, how I can pass my grades, and I miss the people around me that need to hear the good news or need to see a life changed by Jesus, if I don't live, if I don't live with that perspective or I don't see that, I'm missing. Maybe it's your kid's sports team or birthdays, or it's your job, and you're making more money so you'll be happy, and you miss investing in those around you. All of these things are not bad things. Your kid playing sports is not a bad thing. Your kid celebrating their birthday is not a bad thing. You having a great job is not a bad thing. Praise the Lord for those things. But those things can become idols, and they can miss our opportunity to join where God has us. Because, yes, you may have a passion to do those things, but that is not your purpose necessarily. Your purpose is to glorify God. And so remember that, yes, you have these passions, and God's going to use those passions. But if you let those passions begin to be Lord and direct your life and not God, you're going to find yourself empty. And when you have, when you make those things idols, and when you make um, what you do during the week your identity, and when those aren't going good, guess where your identity's at? Your identity ain't good. You're ticked off. You're mad because your life is anchored on something that is not God. And the reason why you wonder why people um, do not fret during the week because they have a relationship with God is because God is already anchored. He's in control. He's not swayed by things in this life. When we bring our burdens to God, he's not going, oh my goodness. No, he's done it before. He knows what we need in that moment. And if you look at what James says, we are like a vapor and will appear for a little while, then vanish. We must ask and search for what the Lord's will is. Seek that out. This week, seek the Lord's will for your life out. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, man, I'm not living a purposeful life. I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm just doing what I enjoy to do, and I'm not leveraging it for the gospel, for the good news of Jesus. Life can be taken away quickly, and if we aren't careful, we have missed God's purpose for us in those moments. Let's move to verses 7 through 10 in in chapter 9. That's what Song of Solomon continues to say. Go eat your bread with pleasure and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your clothes be white all the time and never let oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life, which has been given to you under the sun all your fleeting days. For that is your portion in life and your struggle under the sun. Whatever your hands find to do, do with all your strength, because there is no work, planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Seems kind of ironic that Song of Solomon this whole time is, is telling us to get away from these temporary things and to focus on eternal things and to use our life and not um, get caught up into this. And like I just said, like we don't want to get caught up in this life. But then he goes on to enjoy the things in your life. And at the end, he even says that a fleeting life, our days are fleeting, that they're going to be gone. All that we see is temporary. So why is he encouraging us to go eat, drink, wear white clothes, never let oil be lacking? What is the attitude with these things? It's enjoyment. It's pleasure. A cheerful heart. Another step to living life well is worshiping the Lord. 
Worshiping the Lord. And again, that may seem like a, such a simple point. We miss it every week that we don't pay our appreciation or we, don't, we aren't thankful for this life that the Lord has given us. I don't know if you know this, but your attitude is contagious. Not like COVID, but it is contagious. It will share in the room. Like, if you see me being excited up here and not, like, downcast, I believe that will spread a little bit to you. I'm not saying if you come in with passion and a good attitude that people around you instantly will be like, oh, heck yeah. But I am saying that over time, with you with a good attitude, they're going to see a difference, but also they're going to go, man, I'm being mad about nothing. Your attitude is contagious, and I would encourage you, and this isn't a main point, but I want you to know, have an attitude of gratitude with God. Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful where the Lord has you. Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It's like James just read Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10, and said, hey, here's where it is with me. Is that whatever we do, whatever our hands to do whatever we do during the week we're going to give thanks to god and the father through him psalms 106 1 praise the lord give thanks to the lord for he is good his love endures forever as we look at the lord's prayer last week that matt talked about the first step of the lord's prayer is giving the lord praise he deserves hallowed be your name god is holy he's set apart is what that means god is far above us Romans 5, 6-8 says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That was us. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You think Christ found his purpose? Yeah. Yes, was he passionate about people and about healings yes but his purpose was bringing glory to the father was sharing the good news because while we were still sinners while we were still a mess while we were still wrecked christ died for us for us with his holiness he still demonstrates his love for us by sending his son to die for us we enjoy this life more when we see how blessed we are god has given us everything we need for our spiritual life and life in general, through the knowledge of him, as First Peter says, or Second Peter says. You have a decision to make each day to see God's goodness in your life or be upset because the Chiefs didn't win. Amen. Man, we wanted to win. But in the grand scheme of things, that may not be happening. I gotta tell the story. It's not my notes, but I'll tell it because the students thought it was hilarious. There was a time when I was 6th, 7th grade, and I was playing basketball, and I didn't play a lot. Again, short, you don't get much playing time. You get the guys that grew before, you know, whatever. Um, doesn't matter. I'll go to therapy later. But with that is um, I was, you know, into the game, sitting on the bench with me and my buddy, and we're just sitting there, and <laughs> we're losing, about like five probably. And it's a close game. It's not impossible. And me and him just sit there and sitting on the bench, and we just go, well, it's either me or him. It, it, we, we did this more than once. We're like, well, is it time to pray? He go, yep. So we get there and we pray. I'm like, all right, God, you know, whatever. And we'd be praying for a victory and praying for a miracle and praying for a crazy story. And guess what happened in that game? We lost. Isn't God good? 
and again, you all laugh because it is silly, right? Is being that young and looking at that as, man, I want to win this game. I want to win this so I can glorify the Lord. And guess what? That was not the Lord's will for me that day. The Lord's will for me that day was to lose and to be grateful that I could play basketball and to glorify him in a defeat. And a lot of times we lose in life and we go, God, why are you doing this? And it's for us to see that, hey, that thing that I gave you, that was for me. And for you not to worship something that I've given you. Again, remember that sometimes we have this idea in our head, but it's not God's idea. It's not God's will for our lives. Lastly, to live well is to invest in your life and in others. I will always who have continued to invest in me. Shout out to Becky Magel, my youth pastor. Shout out to Doug Compton. Shout out to Doug and Sarah Rushing. And most importantly, my mom, Jackie, and my dad, Breck. And that goes into what I'm about to say here in a second. Hold on to those last two words that I said, my mom and my dad. In the Great Commission, Jesus tells us to go make disciples of all nations. Look at verse 10 in Ecclesiastes 9. Whatever your hands find to do, do with all strength, because when we die, there will be no more plan, work, or grow in knowledge. We must take advantage of our time here on earth. I emphasize here in my notes, you reap what you sow. What you do now, who you invest in now, will begin to later whelm up. And how you invest in them matters. How I invested in Conlon Sylvester and Miles Cole and Austin Peck, how I invested in them now will matter when they get to college. And if I did a good job, awesome. Praise the Lord. If I did a bad job, that's, that sucks. That's on me. And again, I don't have kids, but I do got some students, and I got about 40 of them. And I take it very seriously that I lead them in the right direction, that I pour into their life, not what Adam wants, but what God wants, to show them that, hey, it is not necessarily Miles' will for, to go and dunk on everybody in that league in Branson. Does that happen? Heck yeah. I bet he will. I can't dunk. I'm jealous. But it is God's will for Miles to go there, I believe. And it is God's will, to, and I love Miles. It wasn't just playing basketball. It was, hey, there's discipleship here. There's a chance to grow here. Don't miss the first two points, though. We must be looking to eternal things and be thankful to the Lord. We know that he's called us to be a part of his church and sharing the good news with others. How are you using this time and talents to impact those in your community? And community meaning, yeah, your neighborhood, your job place, where you send your kids to school, don't miss the opportunity to invest into yourself and your family and others in your immediate circle. Ultimately, take hold of this precious life you've been My dad put into me and invested in me, brought me here today. Parents, please do not miss this opportunity that you have with your kids, with your grandkids, to invest in them. And Lord, I hope that someday I'll be able to have kids and to invest in them and to disciple them because that's what it means to be fruitful and multiply from the very beginning is to invest, is to disciple, is to bring them and bring them up more like Jesus. And your actions matter and what you do matters and what you say and how you love them matters. And I was talking to somebody recently, and that was actually yesterday. We were talking about how the gospel impacts our lives, how the good news impacts our lives. When you, your view on the gospel, on the good news of Jesus' perfect life, his death on the cross for your sins, and his resurrection so that we could have life, and that he could conquer sin and death, 
your view on that will show the direction of your life. If you truly believe that God, while you're still sinners, he died for you. If you truly see that, and you truly see that, man, we were dead in our sin, that should move you to go, man, I got to tell somebody. I got to share this with my kids. I got to love on my kids because Jesus loved on me. Invest in people. Not for you to get something out of return. That true sacrificial love is when you love somebody and you don't get anything in return. That's sacrificial love. That's the love that Jesus paid for us, that he brought to us, is that we can't repay Jesus for what he's done. Again, he's going to give us crowns and we're going to lay them back down at his feet because he deserves it. And again, I think it's the same way with our kids. As I get here, as I stand here, I can shout out to my parents and say, hey, because of you, because you invested in me, I am able to be better. I'm able to be more like Jesus because I've seen it and you've put it in me. You've invested in me. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come on up here. Today, this week, the rest of your life. This is not a message just for this week, just to get you through. And then next Sunday, you can get refueled up. Remember, you've got to seek out the Lord. You've got to sit with the Lord to know where his will's at. Enjoy the simple things in life and cherish them. Worship God and his character, not him giving you stuff. Don't worship the gifts that God has given you. Worship the giver. Praise the giver. Praise the one who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings that we need for a life and godliness. His goodness, his faithfulness, his love. What is your next step in joining the Lord? Is there a spot where God is leading you to join him? Maybe today you're sitting there going, man, I need to follow through this. There is this next step that I need to have. Maybe it's in ministry. Maybe it's at your workplace. And for you to sit down with somebody and say, hey, can I share Jesus with you? And again, I think we hear that and we go, yeah, that's good stuff. And then we kind of pass it on. But are you looking for opportunities to truly be intentional with people? Jesus says in John 10, 10, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Not just life, but have it abundantly. Not death, eternal, and not death and that eternal separation from himself can hold us anymore, that we have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe today is the day for you to see that God has always had a plan for your life. Do you hear that? For you sitting here in the, in the pews today, God has always had a plan for your life. And he loves you. And he's after you. God has always loved you, and he showed you that by taking your place on the cross. If you need to put him as Lord of your life today and believe that he truly rose from the grave, do that today. If you need to respond to the Lord this morning, come forth and pray. Or find me in the lobby. Or find somebody that you came with that knows Jesus. Or, again, fill out that connect card and say, hey, I want to I know Jesus. And let us know that. Let us know that you want to follow Jesus. As we worship, remember to cherish and enjoy this life. Remember that we live life well when we enjoy God for who he is and the life that he's given us.
Let's worship together.